thanks for tuning into this week's Stacker Chat. My name is Gina Abrams, and I'm joined by Muni Bali, Stacks founder. Stacks is smart contracts for Bitcoin, and this is your weekly update and forum for community questions. Thanks for being here, Muni. To dive right into it, um, I think we've seen a lot of market movement for crypto assets, as well as you know other markets generally, but. The Stacks ecosystem and you have been through bigger swings than this in the past. So how do you really sort of stay focused and capitalize on both bull and bear markets um, to make the most out of each moment? Yeah, absolutely. I think the, that's the first thing anyone who enters uh, the crypto industry basically learns that these are these are very volatile markets. Like a 10% swing is kind of like a normal day or week in the crypto industry, whereas a 10% swing on NASDAQ would be, uh, would basically, you know, send shockwaves around. But um, every, you know, cycle, like we would see like 50% downturns or even 80, 90% downturns. And people who have been around for a while, like I think after a while they get used to it. So the mental model that I have in mind is that generally speaking, uh, we are very, very early. Like if you just compare the total number of users who are using the internet versus the number of users who are using any any crypto application? Nothing we're at like maybe two three percent, definitely less than less than five percent or so. So in, in that sense, like you know, adoption. Uh, if you're looking at adoption, like imagine when suddenly a lot of users started using OpenSea for NFTs. Uh, suddenly, you know, there was a lot of value created over there, and a lot of uh, even mainstream attention is coming to a crypto application. Uh, that is getting um, a lot of users. So I tend to focus more on what are the critical building blocks, like what are the infrastructure layers that need to be built, what are the uh, applications that can have product market fit, meaning that users actually want to use these things and they, uh, the UX gets to a level where the users uh, can actually use, use these things. It's not just about, you know, they want to, but is it easy enough for them to do it? And I think we are, we are getting there. We made tremendous progress over the last five to 10 years. Uh, 10 years ago, like, you know, there was basically just Bitcoin and, and, and nothing else. And Bitcoin itself was, people would view it as, as like a, a very experimental sort of a thing, right? And, and there were so many questions about, is this thing going to work or not? And over the last years, we've actually seen tremendous growth in the crypto industry. And this is uh, almost like a pattern I've seen over and over again that uh, whenever there's a bull market, it attracts a lot of new investors, uh, a lot of new capital, but also a ton of new users, right? But not everyone sticks around, right? Some people, they get uh, more interested when uh, things are up and to the right, and they don't really uh, get to the heart of things, right? They don't really actually believe that this is the future and this is going to change the world, but they were kind of like, in it because everybody else was in it, right? And they, they drop off. And that's probably the worst thing you can do, right? Because uh, in, in, in this world, given how early we are, like the people who are going to make their careers out of this, or they're going to actually uh, benefit financially or uh, otherwise like, you know, enjoy the ride, right? Like those are the people who are actually going to stick around. Like if you don't stick around, you're going to miss out on all of that. And you're just a tourist who visits at exactly the wrong time, right? Like, so that's that's why um, I, I'm actually not sure if you're heading towards a full bear market right now. And the the markets have matured, and you know the previous types of cycles might not map 100% uh, now. But in general, I think um, when you're in a bull market, uh, things are exciting. 
lots of people are willing to fund you. And, you know, if you want to start a new application, uh, a lot of people will support you. But interestingly, uh, building during a bear market is what really matters because that's when the, the signal to noise ratio is actually much better. There's less noise in the ecosystem. Only the people who are kind of like true believers and really want to work, work on this are around. And, and that's when some of the best uh, products get built. I, I gave the example of OpenSea earlier. OpenSea was built during the bear market of 2018, right? If they didn't do the work and weren't uh, prepared or weren't ready for the influx of users that really happened during during the recent bull market, like there would be no open sea, right? So I think that's a that's that's the kind of mental model I, I typically have in mind. Great, thank you. And Bitcoin really continues to be the leader in uh, crypto market movements, with the rest of cryptocurrencies following. So what does this say about Bitcoin's dominance in the Web three space? Yeah, so these were very interesting theories where. Uh, you know, I was a little bit skeptical, but I could see the arguments, right? Like if you look at, for example, actual products being used and gas fees being used on Ethereum or, or some of the other smart contract platform, the actual usage metrics are much, much higher uh, than Bitcoin. And I think as Bitcoiners, we should be able to admit these things, right? Like I, I've seen a lot of tendency where people only try to look at weaknesses in ecosystems outside of Bitcoin and Bitcoin for some, some reason is just perfect. I think Bitcoin is great. Bitcoin is sound money and really well designed for that. But we should be able to uh, be self-aware that there aren't a lot of developers who are actively building in the Bitcoin ecosystem. There aren't a lot of applications uh, that are driving up, for example, transaction fees and, and creating a very healthy fee market or, or a thriving kind of like ecosystem. Stacks is obviously one exception and we're, we're trying to change that a lot. But in gen generally speaking, uh, if you look at Ethereum or some other ecosystem, the, the, uh, the amount of developer traction, the amount of actual usage of application is a lot higher, right? So based on, based on some of those things and how uh, those applications, in my mind, most things are not competing with Bitcoin. Yes, sometimes Ethereum tries to compete with the ultrasound money type of stuff, but most things in my mind are not competing with Bitcoin. Bitcoin is sound money. And these are smart contract platform who are, who are really going after uh, like a next generation internet economy, right? So they're going after a very different market. And, and people uh, would, would come up with these theories that that market is much bigger. It, it might be, it might be really big. And they are kind of like saying that Bitcoin is irrelevant for those markets. And these crypto assets are going to decouple from Bitcoin or that they would eventually, you know, Ethereum and some other assets might actually flip Bitcoin. And because Bitcoin is going after a relatively smaller market, like digital gold, this, this is their theories. Um, at some point, you know, Bitcoin might no longer be the number one largest market cap asset or will slightly start to become irrelevant. I think that's the part that I don't fully buy. And I was always skeptical of this that, sure, these networks are maturing, but I don't think they're decoupled from Bitcoin. I don't think that if a downturn starts, people would feel safer holding these other assets versus holding Bitcoin. And that's pretty much what's, what's playing out. Like as soon as the market sentiment turned a little bit, other assets are crashing much harder uh, relative to Bitcoin. There has been a rotation back into Bitcoin. If anything, over the past few days, we've seen a little bit of a recovery and Bitcoin is clearly leading the charge on the recovery again, right? So I think there is a lot of market data to indicate that uh, Bitcoin is here to stay. Uh, it is by far the largest, most secure network. And if anything, when markets start to look more risky, people actually go back to Bitcoin as within the cryptocurrency world, the more stable asset. 
and and uh, and, and and less risky, right? So the the key thing, I think, the key there are two different schools of thoughts, and people in Stacks are in the school of thought that you can bring the smart contracts to Bitcoin, you can bring kind of like the internet economy directly to Bitcoin and use Bitcoin as sound money, and the people who are effectively saying that Bitcoin might become irrelevant or or uh, kind of like you know might get flipped over in the future, they're kind of betting that Bitcoin is not going to uh, get these smart contracts and get a very active app economy going, right? So that's I think that's the fundamental difference between the two schools of thoughts, and it's abundantly clear uh, which which side we are on. Great, excellent. Now we've been continuing to talk about um, sort of transaction uh, volume on the Stacks network and um, some of the network congestion we saw um, recently. And we have some updates on hyperchains that we can also share below in terms of resources. But just in general, given it's a very decentralized ecosystem, how can the community stay up to date on technical discussions and statuses um, and follow along and contribute? Yeah, so I think I, I try to point this uh, out many times, but people are so used to like a single big company being behind a project like that people just expect certain things right like and like uh, for example you know there's solana labs behind solana and you can go to their website and you can look for a roadmap or you can look for even a status that hey the blockchain went down and you know when is it coming back online and and people would expect answers from a company right and i think stacks is very different stack is more like bitcoin just like with bitcoin you don't expect to go to a company and, and expect answers to like what the roadmap is going to be or you know if there's something technical going on. You would actually try to go and talk to the open source developers who are working on the open source project, right? Or there would be a, some sort of mailing list, right? Like if there's a Bitcoin developer mailing list and people have discussions there and anyone can participate and, and, and many different people do participate, right? And obviously, uh, the amount of independent entities and developers working on stacks is in, in not nearly as enough as Bitcoin, but on the spectrum of things is much closer to being on the Bitcoin side than being on a typical crypto project where there's a single company that can put out a roadmap. And I think that is, that is something that is both a challenge and an opportunity. Obviously, it's challenging when you know people don't know uh, what like what type of communication needs to be made and by who they, because they're not relying on a clear single person or entity that's going to come out and actually make those, those things. But it's an opportunity because that means that the community can step in. That means that anyone around the world can actually step in, which did happen even to a certain degree in the case of Ethereum as well. Like if you notice that there are so many independent newsletters uh, that came out because, because people felt the need for staying updated or people started doing independent reviews of uh, the Ethereum code base or translating the developer roadmap into more easily understandable uh, articles for the general audience. And I, I do think the Ethereum community deserves a lot of credit for building that sort of a muscle within the community. And I think that's the kind of thing that's needed right now. I'm not saying that the existing entities or other uh, developers shouldn't do a better job at, at this. Absolutely, they will. But it's a little bit of a call to the community that I think that this challenge can be met by the community by stepping up and coming up. But like people, the attitude here should be that this is my project. 
like I am a, a contributor to it and here's my my contribution like for example people have been talking about a, some sort of a status page I think people can make it right like uh, sure some of the existing entities they might try to do something about it as well and maybe we'll see multiple such efforts and then over time you know it'll be great to have uh, multiple communication channels multiple status pages and so on so uh, with, with that said uh, I, I do I have noticed like a bunch of different discussions happening in the community where people are talking about putting up like better status pages for various APIs they are talking about um, you know simplifying the upcoming roadmap in various formats and putting it out there for community feedback and so on so expect expect kind of like more uh, more progress on, on on that front great thank you now we've been seeing so much movement and growth in the stacks ecosystem over the past year um obviously the the one year anniversary was a sort of a landmark moment um but I think that there's been some feedback that, you know, we still have a long way to just grow and um, share the word about the project. And so um, I'm curious about sort of where that stands in terms of your list of priorities. Yeah, so I think I, um, I, I, I'm mostly focused on, you know, the developer tool side or some of the uh, technically challenging things that are intellectually interesting to me, like hyperchains and so on. Uh, and historically, like, you know, me personally, or even Hero, uh, the, the company that I work for, we are not in the business for uh, kind of like, you know, marketing to outsider developers. Like we are focused on marketing to developers and basically making sure that developers have a really good experience when they use tooling developed by Hero, which is which is obviously using the, the Stacks open source software and, and built on this network. Uh, I think with, with that said, I do think that with Stacks, it's a little bit like if you compare Stacks to a very marketing-driven type of a project, you would notice that uh, those projects tend to be less organic, right? So they would they would generate a lot of hype, and if there isn't a lot of actual meat behind that hype, um, they would they would actually end up doing pretty poorly or or the coming years or so on. Whereas if you look at Stacks, like you would see this like steady growth that is happening on all fronts, right? Like they're more developers coming in, more users are coming in, slowly even on the liquidity side, on access side, like more and more exchanges are slowly kind of like integrating the technology and all of those things are happening. Uh, obviously things can be better, right? Like, like I, I, I'm one of those people who's obviously, um, I'm just like hard on myself all the time as well, right? Like things could be better or people around me know, know this about uh, me that I'm always pushing for, hey, we can be better in this way or that way. So I'm not trying to defend uh, that things are perfect the way they are and we should remain being a low key type of a project. Uh, I think I'm pointing out that there are certain benefits that you will get because you're more organic and because I would say in many ways more honest uh, uh, versus like a more high driven project. But that said, I do think that 2022 might be a year of growth for Stacks because a lot of the foundational layers have been built uh, I think the faster transactions, in my view, uh, is one of the biggest unlocks because a lot of the users who are, let's say they're not um, as passionate about the mission of Stacks of basically building on Bitcoin and bringing a user on internet to Bitcoin. Some of the users who might actually not differentiate between a lot of these different chains, they will care more about the speeds, right? Like they are not they don't understand the decentralization trade-offs that we have made. So I think we need to 
and like give the users that user experience that they have come to expect from these faster, more centralized chains. And I do think that's going to be a major unlock that if we can, if we can make that happen, uh, if we can basically continue the momentum and growth that is happening and, and get better at simplifying the message, growing the community, uh, making sure that you know there's there is access and liquidity available globally everywhere. And, and I see different kind of like uh, work streams in the ecosystem by different entities that are helping there. But the big unlocks in my mind remain the faster uh, faster transactions and then Bitcoin liquidity. Like the like sometime in within the next six months, like I'm excited about uh, basically sitting down with my Bitcoiner friends and be like, you know, pull out your favorite wallet and just do a Bitcoin transaction. And now imagine the kind of superpowers your Bitcoin wallet has because of stacks. Because now instead of just moving around Bitcoin, you can actually participate in Bitcoin DeFi. You can participate in Bitcoin DAOs. You can actually participate in Bitcoin NFT marketplaces and so on. So I think that's that's going to be a major unlock after 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 the fast speeds thing. Great, so much to look forward to. As always, thank you for being here, Maneev, and thanks to everyone tuning in and to folks who have subscribed already. Um, if you enjoyed this content, please do make sure you're subscribed. Leave us a comment. Let us know what questions you have, um, and we'll see you next week.